0: What's up, everybody? How you doing? Hey, how about Adam Hunter and Richard Hunter uh, and the other comedian whose name I forgot? They kick some ass. I mean, they really, really set the tone. It's going to be a fun night. So what this is is a swap cast from the uh, phone booth fighting guys and MMA Roasted. They brought us along just kind of to kind of get out of their way. No, seriously, they're great friends of ours, and uh, we're really, really pleased and, and honored to uh, be a part of it. So the Phone Booth Fighting podcast, you know, they started up this year and really, really proud of those guys. They really kick some ass. Recent guests have been Burt Kreischer, Paul Stanley, Forrest Griffin. These guys, you know, they spread their wings. They don't just talk MMA. They talk about pop culture, sports, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, catch on to those guys. They really kick uh, a lot of ass. They're on iTunes, Stitcher, or you can go to phoneboothfighting.com. And, of course, MMA Roasted. Can't say enough about Adam Hunter and and the great job he does with his cast of characters. And uh, you can pick up that show on SoundCloud. Now, goes and I, we host MMA Junkie Radio Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Thank you. MMA Junkie Radio, you know, the official show of MMA Junkie, the uh, 5 times winner of Best Media Source. And uh, anyway, we got you covered for MMA. Come to our website. We got writers that kick ass, and we try and do our best Monday through Friday, two and hours our a day. door is always open, right? Tomorrow right, we, we got Mandalay a show. So That's Mandalay Bay. That's where our up. studio is. The invite's there for any of you to come anytime you want. Tomorrow we'll have... Who do we have tomorrow? Uh, well... It's kind of a surprise is he locked in? Yeah, he's locked in. Oh no, no, he's not locked in, he's but we have uh, Diego Sanchez. Yeah. Jim It'll Miller. be a fun yeah, show. It's gonna be a fun but show. you know what, guys? I had it, it, Heineken, sorry. <laughs> it's fight week and we know that you guys have tons of options, tons of stuff to do. I heard some news broke. Uh, so we're very thankful that you guys are here right now supporting us. So thank you very much for coming out. All right. So again, thank you to the LA Comedy Club for hosting us. The servers, the bartenders, they've been Serving them quickly and stiffly, and, and we're having a great time here. We're going to bring out um, Richard Hunter, Frank Meir now, and Adam Hunter. How about a round of applause for them? And this is their first official swap cast. You will be able to hear the audio from the Phone Booth Fighting Show on uh, Adam's show, and then vice versa on the MMA Roasted Show. You'll be able to hear the uh, content that uh, Richard and Frank produce. So it's going to be a great time. They'll open it up for Q&A. They'll discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. And you guys are going to have a blast. So without further ado, here's Frank, Richard, and uh, Adam. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you for coming out. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming out late with us. We're we're really excited uh, to do this. Uh, We have no plan, okay? So uh, just kind of whatever happens happens apparently john jones heard we had no plan and uh he wanted to contribute something to the show so uh we'll we'll get into that here in a second but but before before we go any further uh, george and goes our our great friends over at mma junkie kind of set it all up there in the introduction but uh frank and i started phone booth fighting podcast uh about september i guess and uh it's just been growing and growing, thanks to you guys. A lot of you guys I already talked to earlier today, and and from all over the world, and you're listening. And and we have to say a, a very special thank you to our very good friend Adam Hunter from MMA Roasted Podcast, <laughs> because when when we uh, we kind of came up with this idea, I started uh, uh, talking to Adam about it. Uh, I used, two months ago, it was a firm no, you said, and then <laughs> by six weeks, I'd softened him up a little bit. I, I had to work on him, but, but basically, we're swap casting, okay? So, you guys are being recorded live, uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to upload this as a special phone book fighting podcast. Uh, Adam's going to have it as an MMA Roasted podcast. Is there anybody that doesn't listen to MMA Roasted? Is everybody already subscribed? Oh, yeah. You. Okay, one person. Good. The, o- the okay. only girls in the room. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's you. right. <laughs>
2: Uh, 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 yeah. oh, she does. Okay.
1: Cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and and of course, our phone booth fighting. So, so what we're gonna we're just gonna talk. We uh, that there's one chair empty. We got a very special guest joining us. All right. Now that special guest is uh, being rushed over from John Red- Jones.
2: Actually, John Jones. Yeah. From <laughs> rehab. <But, laughs>
1: yeah. I thought about that. I thought, you know, is now the time to announce him as our third host? He's, got some, he's had some time freed up, apparently. Is everybody, everybody heard this news, right? John Jones got pulled off of uh, UFC 200 for a USADA violation. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, uh, June. Uh, so before I get off topic, I just want to say that guest chair is going to be occupied momentarily by someone I, I think you all know and love. But he had a, a party hosting gig over at Red Rock Casino, so he's coming straight from there. Two here, and get this—he's he, I, I, as I understand it—he's going to be bringing his own film crew.
2: Oh, awesome!
1: Yeah, so uh, you know I don't have a UFC film crew that follows me around. Apparently, he does. So we had to get to make sure it was up. wow Speaking of the devil, look who's here! It's the outlaw Dan Hardy, everybody! The outlaw Dan Hardy, come on! What's up, brother? Come on up here, Dan. See you, man. All right, that's your chair. Big hand for Dan Hardy. Oh.
2: By the way, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, Dana White was so upset about John Jones, he fired Hawani again. Uh oh. I don't know. I kinda believe that.
3: What was that about? Oh. <laughs>
1: It's okay, crazy. so so used to getting his press credential yanked, he's got whiplash. He's yeah, yeah. jerking it right from his uh, Unbelievable. neck. Unbelievable. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for coming Thank on you. with us. This is a real treat because, I mean, uh, not only is Dan Hardy a beloved MMA personality, but but, you know, we lost him to his native UK uh, a couple of years ago. He used to live here in Las Vegas. So now a sighting of him over here is so rare. It's like when Pink Floyd tours. Like, you got to go see it. You know yeah. what I mean?
3: That's it. If yeah. People treat me a lot nicer, though. They used to see me in Vegas. They're like, oh, there he is again. Uh-huh. But now I'm back. I've been away for a year. It's like, oh, it's that not Now you're
2: exotic. You know, he's my old wrestling partner. We used to train together, me well, and Dan.
3: I have quite interesting relationships with all three of you guys. Yes. I mean, I've got a great video Please of you. clarify. <laughs> 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 well, for a start, I've got a great video of you running up Mount Charleston.
1: Let's got, start I'm, with that. You know what? <laughs> well, we'll get to John Jones in a minute. You guys have not heard this story. <laughs> I have. It's hilarious, and uh, I wanted to make sure that we we brought this up. All right, Dan, you you told me the story like two years ago, okay. but uh, when so, GoPros first came yes, out, right? Yes. So
3: we were training for UFC 146 at the at the MGM Grand, and um, uh, Frank and I were training together. We did the training camp together. So
4: great training partner, great sparring, great. Uh, and Dan's also very motivating. He's a very positive person, very much into uh, great practices. Always a pleasure to have around. How hard does this, Dan hit, by the way? Uh, not so much hard hitting, but just a lot of shots. He, <laughs> he, he hits you
1: with his mind. But he assaults you with his Very fluid
4: fighter. And somehow he talked me into running uphill at Mount Charleston. <laughs>
3: it was brilliant. So, there we go. So, so, we got up there. It was some ridiculous time on, in a morning, Once it? To try and get up there before. Anything else. earlier than 11 is ridiculously was, early for me. And, and me. That's why we trained so well together. Um, so, we got up to Mount Charleston, and I thought, okay, he's a slightly bigger guy, so I'll set him off first because it's likely I'm going to catch it with him at no, some
4: point. No, he was being a dick. <laughs> 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 We go out there, and he straps on this GoPro, and he's all, you know what? We're going to run three miles. The first mile and a half are going to be up a hill through the mountains. We're at how much elevation? Uh, about 7,000. And you're going to take off, and then I'll go. I'm like, usually the rabbit's small and fast. <laughs> I'm all, this is a pretty messed up proposition you have here. So you're going to be behind me, running me down with a camera, which... <laughs>
3: So so anyway, so I took off, I I overtook you, and I did the loop at the top, and I was coming back down Mount Charleston. Now Frank's aware that I have a chest cam on, right? And and he runs like three miles in eighteen minutes. Right. (laughs) So so I've got to do an impression. Shockingly, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So so as I'm coming over the brow of the hill, and I'm I'm jogging, I've got I'm on my way down now. I'm feeling good. I can see Frank on his way up, and he's (laughs) leading life, right? (laughs) Pissed off and angry. (laughs) But he sees me coming out the brow of the hill. Honestly, for 300 yards, he was the Terminator. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) camera, camera, camera. camera.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The way I looked at it, I'm suffering. I'm cussing him out, going, man, next time we train, fuck it. I'm not taking it easy. There's no, like, he's 40 pounds lighter or 100 pounds lighter. I'm going to mash him. And so I'm going up and I'm struggling, I'm huffing and I'm puffing and I'm hurting. And when I see him, I'm like, fuck, he saw that camera. So all of a sudden, that's when I sucked it up.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> as soon as he passed me, I'm like,
3: <sighs> it's <laughs> good, man. Dan's, good
1: Dan's such a hippie that, that uh, we went up to Mount Charleston one time and he's like, you know, sometimes I sleep up here. <laughs> And I was like, you know you can afford rent, right? Like, you don't, you don't have to. But hey.
2: he doesn't drive a Prius. No. Uh, oh. One uh, of my funny, oh. favorite Dan Hardy stories. So he had like lost like two fights in a row. And, and when, he, when he loses, you don't see him. Like, he, he just, you just don't see him at the gym. And his girlfriend came up to me, and he goes, you got to talk to Dan for me. And I go, why? He goes, all he does is keep eating Subway cookies. <laughs> He won't stop that eating. Sound su- like me. Yes. He said that you're, you're addicted to Subway cookies yeah, and yeah. other stuff, but I'm not gonna mention
3: that. But but but, <laughs> but but it was it was awesome. I was I'm I'm so happy for you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well we were wrestling partners at Legends back in the day, like old Tenth Planet when I when I was over, over to train with Eddie Bravo. Yeah. And we would wrestle every week on a Saturday. Yeah. And at one, one time he's like, Oh, I've got a comedy show coming up. I'm like, Oh, you're a comedian. I had no idea. This guy's dumping me on my head once a week, you know, throwing me around, so he can wrestle and he makes people like It was, it was oh, a great. Oh, thanks, man. I no, the funny wrestling. part was, he was like, he <laughs> says to me, <laughs> Dan literally had like no wrestling, like
2: he, he, he was brand new to Trust wrestling. Trust me, everybody here knows. Just brand new. <laughs> So he comes, he comes to practice, but what about Dan is like, he, he was one of those guys that if like in jiu I heard, if someone tapped him, he was like, that's my new partner. He had no ego, which was like he was a sponge. But he goes to me, he goes, I'm fighting GSP. I'm like, well, I'm fighting Chuck Liddell. Fuck it, if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're fucking fighting GSP. But I, I, I couldn't believe he would fucking fight. like it was, That was one of my favorite fights ever, the U versus GSP, because the heart, your arm, was fucking bent. like It was more crooked than like my dick after jerking off seven times in a row. It was unbelievable, man. Uh, Thank you. How hurt was your arm in
3: that fight? It it wasn't. I was absolutely fine, honestly. I was expecting at least my shoulder to wait. The kimura was a lot closer, if I'm honest. The arm bar, I'm stubborn, and I had... I was at Matt, uh, Matt Serra's place for a, few, a couple of You weren't at Matt Hughes' place. I wasn't at Hughes' place. I know you were not at Matt Hughes' <laughs> <No>. place. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working quite a bit with him recently. That's, that's a whole other story. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've been at Matt Serra's, and he just drilled the hell out of that armbar escape over and over again. And, and when you go and train in Long Island, you don't get normal training partners. Everyone's got a nickname. So I've got He-Man, Bam Bam, and Monster. They were my three <laughs> training partners, honestly. Everyone gets a nickname. It was awesome, man.
1: Well, I've always told you, Dan, that I thought you gained more fans in that loss to GSP than probably a lot of your wins. Because, I mean, you know, it really personified the outlaw image. You know, I mean, it personified the guy who was not going to tap. And I thought George did a, you know, gave you a lot of credit for that, too. I mean, I can remember him saying, you know, in his mind, he was thinking, I'm going to have to break this guy's arm. Like, he's, I realized that, you know, we're going to have to go full, Frank. What was that? You flashback? Was that what happened? No. <laughs> you said you said breaking arms, and he was like, "Oh, I
3: do that."
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lack of killer instinct. We you did never a. Think uh, about
4: it, if once you lock someone up, you apply it. It should break. If you have to think whether I have to do this or not, you're not the kind of guy that's going to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah. No, he was
3: trying. I mean, if my arm would have snapped, he would have taken it with him for sure.
1: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, it, it was. Fortuitous that we got to have Dan on with us uh, tonight because Frank and I have been talking and Dan we really have to thank you in a kind of a special way for Absolutely. making phone booth fighting happen because you know I've been friends with Dan for years now and Dan was always telling me that if I ever really hung out with Frank Muir, that we would be great friends. You used to tell me that all the time. And and I you know knew Frank from around a press was the vegan thing right that's exactly <laughs> what it was but it was it was so true because it was like once we started talking the podcast was really born out of just long conversations like I guess we ought to start recording this and maybe somebody will listen and fortunately least you guys at least look like, you guys a, guys like check a death out.
2: metal band twenty mm-hmm. years later
1: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, we do, kind of. I, I think <laughs> right? you're talking to me in that group as well. Absolutely, you? you're in, in, in that, that Thanks, group yeah. as well. Yeah, but it was, cause, cause, and that, uh, that always stuck with me, and the more we've done this show, and the more it's taken off, I've just, it's always, uh, so, what was it that you, because th- you knew both of us really well, like, what what did, what did made you think that when you were telling me that?
3: I don't know, there are just certain people that I meet that I have good conversations with, you know, and that, that's really all it is. If I if I meet two people and I have a good conversation I try and connect them because then they're going to have a good conversation. Then when I see either of you again, then we're going to have another good conversation. I mean, we had some really fantastic Phenomenal. ones. You know, when, when the heart rate had come down and we'd managed to recover from those training sessions, we, you know. And, and always, he was always a great, part, a great person to train with, apart from the fact that he would load him, himself down with weapons before he got to the gym. <laughs> On, there was a Super Bowl. This is another true story. There's a Super Bowl, and he missed the first, the first quarter. He came straight over to me. The first thing he said, you'll never guess what happened last night. I had an opportunity to shoot someone, I'd have my gun with me.
1: <laughs> true story. Oh, never have it when you need it.
2: Uh, if, if I had a Very nickel for every story. time that happened to me, what, what, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Long story. I'll try That's to okay, it we just started possible.
1: the show. We got plenty of time.
4: Uh, if anybody is aware of listening to me, um, I'm a little bit of a paranoid individual that makes sure that at any moment I'm able to take care of myself or my family.
3: No, I, I was calling you Tackleberry during our training session. You were! <laughs> and I'm also a fan
4: of firearms. I like Click. guns, I like knives. Click. The more the no. merrier. And, so, uh, and then I go and train with them uh, also. And so it was one night that my uh, all of a sudden I get a call from my neighbors across the street. Good family. Goes to bed at 9 o'clock at night and it's 2.30 in the morning. And just before that, I heard some screaming outside, but the neighbors to my right have a 14-year-old daughter that has, uh, you know, her girlfriend spend the night, and sometimes they're, you know, running around being crazy. So I'm up, the wife's asleep, I hear some screaming outside, sounds like some girls, I'm like, nah, you know, teenagers being funny. So I go back to playing on the iPad and whatnot, and all of a sudden my wife's phone lights up, and it's our neighbor across the street, who normally would never call somebody at 2.30 in the morning. So then I wake my wife up. I'm like, hey, babe, you know, so-and-so across the street called your phone. She Sorry. gets on the phone, realizes that someone had broken into their house. A Looks like a, a sexual predator had tried to break in their window. And then when they came in and the male individual that broke in, saw her. She screamed because she thought it was just her
2: kids. Fucking John Jones.
0: Right?
4: (laughs) So, So she thought that her kids were up in the middle of the night. She gets out of bed, sees a young male that was up to no good. She starts screaming which is a scream I heard. This guy decides to do a fun dive out the window, dives onto her car, smashes it and runs off. And so then she calls us because, hey, you know, Metro's coming over to our house. The, the neighbor's
3: police... a lunatic. He's got loads of guns. Right? We'll <laughs> <laughs> so she calls us. What do you us, need us for?
0: Can we
1: send our kids over there? <laughs> Cops are like, do you have Frank Muir's number? Because he's <laughs> No. We usually <laughs> just refer so people to him. So when she says
4: this, now we go, my wife and I, I put on a pair of sweatpants. We go downstairs. And I, being the psychopath I am, I have shutters throughout my house. You can't get into my house. All the windows have...
1: Those aren't just shutters. I've been in there during lockdown, like right before he goes to bed, and all of a sudden, it's like he flips a switch, and you're like... <laughs> storm I'm shutters. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, out. I'm securing the perimeter. <laughs> so as
4: I'm opening up my shutters that keep people out, I see the lights of a police officer's car is outside, so I put on my sweatpants because... I don't sleep with very many clothes on. And then I grow, go to grab my firearm, and I'm like, eh, I'm six foot three, I have tattoos, going out there with a police officer, wearing a pair of sweatpants and a gun, might not be the best situation, right? So all of a sudden I put my firearm back up on the, the, uh, the mantle, and I'm like, eh, I'll just go out there. So I walk out there, and, and before that I'd ask my wife, I'm like, hey babe, you know, obviously there's some bad guys out and about, did you lock your car? My wife's not the best at that. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, shit. So she goes outside. She goes to console her you know, her friend across the street. Metro officers out there uh, you know, taking a report. I go over. Sure enough, my wife's car is not locked. <laughs> so I go through. Nothing's taken out. I make sure the insurance papers are in there. I go through. My car is locked. And then I look over at my classic 1968 Mustang that oh, stays over in the corner. It's a beautiful car. That has double limo tint windows. And I'm all, nah, what are the chances, right? So all of a sudden I go and I reach over on the handle and I pull and the door's open to my surprise. And I open the door and I see a young male Hispanic kid that looks over at me, puts his hand on his waistband and goes... Oh. <laughs> so then I look at him and go, Nah. Shut the door. <laughs> what am I to do? He has a gun? I don't. But then I realized I'm like, hmm, if he comes out of the vehicle, I'm pretty dangerous within arm reach. If all of a sudden I get outside of arm reach, Gun's probably going to beat my ass pretty good. So I walk to the edge of the car, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to walk away too far. If he opens the door, I can get him. Then I look over, and the police officer, and I'm starting to do the whole waving thing. You know, like, (laughs) hey, buddy, you know what I mean? Like, pay attention to me. Over here, over here. I'm I'm tattooed, half naked. Look at me. He's not paying attention, man. I'm like, man, this guy sucks at this job. (laughs) And so then I look over, and my wife makes eye contact with me, and I'll, you know, somebody who's been married for over that time, 10-plus years, I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I do that maneuver, and the wife realizes that there's something going on. So she tells the officer, "Hey, my husband won't leave by his vehicle, and there he's he's saying something." So sure enough, then that's when the police officer ran my way, and he goes, "What's up?" I'm like, "Hey, there's a guy in my car. We're not buddies. I don't know who he is, <laughs> and uh, you might want to find out, you know, who he is." And sure enough, he opens up. You know, he goes to the front of my car. The family runs in and now I'm sitting there going, shit, she said there was two of them because at the time we thought there was two guys. I'm like, I seen one. If uh, something happens to this officer, I need to make sure I can get to my house so I can be of an asset to this situation. So I'm sitting there going, okay, do I run? Do I stay? Do I run? The wife walks in and all of a sudden, you know, the guy's yelling at the guy, stop. And sure enough, the kid does the same thing to the officer which luckily didn't cost him his life puts his hand in his waistband, and flips the police officer off. The officer, for whatever reason, decided to go ahead, and I don't see a gun yet, which some officers decide that that's not the priority. (laughs) Didn't shoot him, and then decides to go ahead and just tase him instead until he sees a weapon. Pop pop tases him, and then uh, it's just a a funny story. Later, there was no other guy.
1: I just like the thought process of this aspiring criminal. That at the point where Frank opens the door, sees him, says, "Huh," closes the door. That this guy's thinking, "I seem like a pretty cool guy. I think he's gonna. <laughs> I think he'd keep a secret, right?" We had a well, we had a moment. I gave I mean, him that moment. We looked at each yeah. other,
4: and he did the Shh, with his hand in his waistband, and I gave the. The Frank Mir face. Yeah, Frank <laughs> Mir yeah. faced it. Shut the door for him very nicely and just walk to the rear of the car. Wow.
2: But uh, like, why, like, have you looked at yourself and realized, I don't need that many guns? Like, who's robbing you?
4: <laughs> but that's the problem. If someone looks at me, I doubt they're going to look at me and go, fuck it, I'm going to beat his ass. Most people look at me and go, A stick or a gun might make this easier.
1: (laughs) The the scariest text to get from Frank, the irony is that sometimes when I go over to the house, he'll just, uh, I'll I'll knock on the door or ring the doorbell and he'll just text and say, Come on in, it's open. (laughs) And let me tell you something, when I open that door, I'm like, Frank, I'm coming (laughs) in the house. I am unarmed. The funny
4: part of that story is that I actually understand exactly how you feel because. I inherited a lot of my mindset from my father. So I remember coming home at 17 years of age, allowed to go out, didn't make it before, uh, you before know, midnight. All of a sudden, the front door's locked. I remember coming through the window, saying the same exact thing, like, hey, Dad, it's me, please,
2: it's me. It was, you know. Wow, that's crazy. This is fucking, you guys are crazy. So... <laughs>
1: All right, so, you know, we should probably, to be topical, because we had not planned on breaking any news tonight on the, uh, the MMA roasted phone booth fighting uh, swap cast. By the way, when are you starting a podcast? You need a podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Johnny G's, yeah, we've just started one. We're, it's the podcast with on? no name right now. Um, but it's just it's it's just basically me and John drinking tea and having weird conversations. Oh probably. wait, is
1: John here? Where's John? John? Is here. Did you say John Gooden tea? is here, oh, ladies oh, and gentlemen. <laughs> Dan Hardy's broadcast partner, the great John Gooden and a fine upstanding fellow vegan. Yes, sir? Yeah. Uh, that's great, man. Because we, I was, we were talking about that like six All right, months enough, ago. Enough fighting.
2: Really. Let's talk about fighting. Not the <laughs> vegan
1: part, the podcasting part. Oh, okay, the but I was telling him that you guys should totally do a podcast. So yeah. it's good you're doing it. Cool. Well, we had not planned to break any news, but but John Jones broke some news for us. So the 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 word is he's off of UFC 200. It's official. Uh, an out of competition positive test from uh, what did it say June 16th. I yep. think, was that right? Oh, okay, so don't know what it is yet, but it's all official. He's off the card. They're trying to find Daniel Cormier, a new opponent, but don't know if that's going to happen on a few days' notice. What's everybody think? Adam?
2: I, I'm just like, what is, how many chances does this guy need? Uh, and, and I'm really happy because now I can get tickets. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just, it's just really upsetting because I wanted to watch this fight. Uh, John Jones is you know, such a blessed athlete, and he's, I think, the greatest fighter in the world. And he's just taking this, this gift that he has. And, I, and, I, and I, you can't tell me in 20 years, he's not gonna look back and be like, the fuck was I doing? I mean, you got, you got a guy, he's on top of the world. And we've seen this before with other athletes. you see, seen them with Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, uh, the, the J- Lawrence Taylor. How many great athletes have we seen in their prime? Just fuck it up. And uh, it just sucks, sucks for the fans. It sucks for kids, it sucks for, it sucks for John, it sucks for Daniel Cormier because that's the one person he's lost to so far. And I, I would have liked to
3: have seen Daniel win the belt, and I wanted to see the fight. And now he just robbed everybody a great time. Yeah, and he's got to be kicking himself as well because that, the last fight of John Jones, he was criticized quite a lot. And I think Cormier you know, must have felt like that was his best opportunity to beat him as well. You know, To have not been yeah. there ready for that fight, that, was, that, must, that must really, really piss him off now.
4: I still want to see it come out because already we've seen Yo Romero, uh, myself, people that have had metabolites come out, and necessarily PEDs not be what they think PEDs should be. And John, I mean, I've trained with a guy for a year over there in Albuquerque. If you said right now that he failed a recreational drug test, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to sit here and go, mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. But as far as a performance enhancing drug, we've had these discussions. Trust me, no one is more ignorant about performance enhancing drugs than John. The guy has two brothers that are in the NFL. He has athletic ability up the ass. Yeah. The guy's an unbelievable athlete, unbelievable fighter. And so he doesn't take drugs when it's easy to pass drug tests before USADA and now he's gonna take drugs, performance-enhancing drugs?
2: nobody's accused him of being in Mensa, you know? No, uh.
4: (laughs) but at the same time, as far as needing to go ahead and do performance-enhancing drugs, that ain't the guy. He's the guy who was on the opposite side of the spectrum going, hey, do you wanna take some drugs that'll make you a better fighter? He's all, no, I wanna take some drugs that make me feel better, I'm gonna party. It's like, that's the guy who's out kicking everybody's ass and winning world championships. At this point, if we can just get him to stop taking drugs yeah. recreationally, his performance-enhancing abilities are going to be through the roof. He's not going to need any extra edge. It's not like the guy's fucking pushing 40.
2: You think he's it's not pissed? Dan Henderson. We're talking about a guy who's still 28 years old. You think he's pissed right now that he didn't just, just take Coke like last time? And uh...
4: <laughs> well, That's my point. If we were talking about he passed, he failed a drug test because he was out partying, I'd be... Mean, oh shit man serious but we're talking about always oh, taking drugs to make himself perform perform better i'm like really this is a guy who was out partying at strip clubs out doing whatever and still beating the shit out of daniel cormier what? if he sobers up he's gonna fucking be above everybody else i mean this guy was out partying and pushing it and still the number one fighter in the world Shit, if he's sober, he's fucking Superman.
2: That's, um, it's unbelievable. Now, didn't, isn't there a video of you beating him up at a bar? Right? Didn't that happen? Uh, no, it was just two friends playing grab ass.
4: Just <laughs> playing around. I know, they had a video that we were fighting. We didn't fight. We were just screwing
2: around. Just like I mean. But you were beating his ass in that, in that grab ass game.
4: At that moment, I was doing pretty well. <laughs> but, I mean, there's other moments where
2: not so much. How, how do you think you would do against him in a fight fight?
4: Do I get to go and be my weight and he gets to be his weight?
2: He goes up to heavyweight and fights you.
4: Well, I've been with John. John's not... He uh, has a struggle with eating. So I don't ever see him being above 235. So that's always going to be a detriment. That's why, I mean, Dan's a phenomenal fighter. Technically phenomenal. But if we go in the gym and spar, it's like, well, I still got 100 pounds on you. There's that advantage of size.
2: Because people were saying, I'd heard that if... Jones won this fight, and Brock won his fight, they were gonna match those two up. As that's, that's who people were talking about. You, I mean, do you see that ever happening, and who would win that fight?
4: Not really, I mean, I really think, Brock is, hasn't fought in five years, and he's fighting a guy that hits extremely hard. The hardest fighter, and I've fought 27, how many times we worked this out to?
1: It changes from 26 to 27. Sometimes you deduct a fight. Yeah. It just, yeah.
4: I've lost a few IQ points in some of those shots. And mostly, probably to Mark Hunt, who out of all the guys I fought, hits the hardest. And I mean, I've been in there with Alistair Overeem, I've been in there with uh, JDS, and probably other people I can't remember at the moment. Yeah, the 27th (laughs) guy. Yeah, some of those guys (laughs) hit pretty hard. So now you have somebody who is kind of on the opposite end spectrum, where I sit there and take shots, I probably shouldn't. Brock Lesnar dances to make sure he avoids shots that he doesn't want to take. So you have a guy who doesn't like to get hit fighting somebody who I think he has the record for the most first-round knockouts in the UFC. The guy hits pretty hard. So I, seeing Brock break it through, I mean, he's a great wrestler, NCAA champ. Maybe he can pull it off, but I've brought that up before. If we were talking about who I think is probably one of the most skilled fighters that ever walk in the UFC, Anderson Silva. So Anderson Silva is a ninja. If I told you he took five years off and he's going to walk back in the octagon, we would all probably bring into discussion like, man, five years? But Anderson Silva's had a ton of fights. Brock Lesnar's had less than 10 and took five years off. And now he's fighting Mark Hunt, who's had over 70 kickboxing matches, over 30 MMA matches. That's a lot of experience. And who... In the 42 years of age, in the last three years has actually been improving. Yeah. it's a pretty far stretch. Anything can happen. It's MMA, four-ounce gloves. We say that all the time. But as far as statistically, if I have to put my money on it, Brock becoming victorious, and I'm saying that even in contradiction to what my own benefit would be. It's better for me as Frank Mir... If Brock Lesnar wins, because Frank Mir 3 versus Brock Lesnar 3 is a huge payday for me.
2: I'm not betting on it when he's fighting Mark Hunt. Now, how hard does Brock hit? Like, I mean, since you've been hit by him. Brock
4: punches okay. I mean, he hits hard. But, I mean, heavyweight division, I wouldn't put him in the top five of the guys that I fought. But his grappling strength to hold you down and grab you, really high one of the stronger guys I've ever grappled with. I and
2: mean, because I see this fight, like you said, I see Brock going in for a double leg, Mark either catching with an uppercut or a knee, and this fight's over. But because it's such an easy fight for me to call, I'm like, it's like you ever meet a chick where she's like way too hot, and she's asking you to fuck, and you're like, she's gotta have a dick. There's no way, <laughs> there's no, no way, I agree girl. With you that and something's up here, you know? If Brock is able to land a double,
4: then I think he's he'll be successful because he can take Mark down, wear him out. Maybe the round goes to the second round, he's tired. Um, but the problem is is Mark Hunt's not the easiest guy. I mean, you're a high-level wrestler, right? If you look I'm high. at if you look at <laughs> if you look at Mark Hunt, right, and yeah. your guy's the heavyweight, would you sit there and go, hey, this short, thick, Samoan kid. Blast him with a double. No, no. Right?
2: I would think You're
4: going to a- say grab him in a single. Right. Which is the same thing he did to Alistair Overeem. If you watch the Alistair Overeem, he decided, man, Alistair's a pretty strong guy at that time. He was a little bigger than he is now. Um, he decided to go ahead and not shoot a double. He shot a single. Picks his leg up, and Alistair hits him with a couple uppercuts. And all of a sudden, he goes, hey, this single kind of sucks. I'm going to let it go. And then ends up losing Let me just say, as somebody who's fought Alistair and fought Mark Hunt, if you thought Alistair's uppercuts sucked, you're really not gonna like Mark Hunt's
1: uppercuts.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But now
2: I heard from uh, someone told me that Hunt might have been hurt. Might be hurt right now. Well,
4: I mean that goes in. I mean, if someone's injured, that just that's the monkey, you know.
3: He's old though, right? I mean, we're all injured, are we not? We're all injured, and you know. I'm 34 and I'm beat up. I don't know about you. (laughs) Funny enough, though,
4: you years ago, uh, Dan tried to get me into yoga. <laughs> eh. So I try to go into yoga. the wife my wife is big into me going to yoga, so I go to yoga, sit there, I go in the classroom, and uh, there's something about me being a world champion, fighter, alpha male of alpha males, struggling to do something that a Woman who's a soccer mom who just gave birth to her last baby six months ago <laughs> is pulling off, and I can't. A little bit hard on the ego. Yeah. But uh, so lately, I, I hooked up with a, a Diamond Dallas page. He has a, a website out, and so I've been doing his yoga yeah. on my, uh, my house. So he has a whole website you can click on to, pick out these programs. So after I go in the morning and lift weights, today I took the kids to, to the UFC gym over on, on Craig. I'm showing them, we're going through the guillotine, different variations of it. Angelo uh, uh, Reyes, my boxing coach, I box with him. So then I get home, like, hey, I'm gonna do some yoga. So I click it on. But I came home from the gym and, uh, you know, I'm sweaty. You are from practice, right? So I take off all my sweaty clothes, so now at this point I got tape on my feet, and that's all I have. <laughs> and so I decide that, uh, you know, the appropriate time to put on the yoga. I'm in my bedroom. What better time to be naked doing yoga than in your room, right? But uh, the only problem with that that I've realized is that um, you need to make sure that your wife doesn't have any friends. Oh no. Coming over because they're going to meet up like women do and jump in the car with you to go there. So uh, now I'm doing a yoga position, and I'm kind of done, I'm looking up, and hold on, Liz, are you still here? Liz is there. So uh, I'm naked, I'm just touching my toes, and then I look over. Hang on, hang
3: on, you were touching your toes? I was touching my toes. Really? Oh, easily, yeah, Knees yeah, yeah, no, bent right?
4: <laughs> you train with me, I'm super flexible. Dieting, not so much. Flexibility, very good. And so... Uh, So my first Diamond Dallas Page yoga story is that my wife's friend walks in me naked doing
1: yoga. Wow, this this guy you know Diamond Dallas Page. Right? I, I the actually pro think every time yeah. I
2: go through airport security, they go like this. I yell out DDP,
1: and <laughs> then, uh, there you go. He,
2: so if anybody and if you feel new there,
1: know how I felt. So so Dallas Page, who was like a, uh, a famous pro wrestler, retired from wrestling and he started uh, a yoga brand, right? He's got got an app, DDP Yoga, and everything. So we had him on the show last week. If anybody heard that episode, and uh, yeah, thank you. The interesting thing was like. He was super animated on the air, but you're thinking, you know, pro wrestling, you know, that's their their bit, right? And uh, and he was super animated talking about the yoga. But when I realized it was him, is Frank and I got on the phone with him yesterday, and that call was like, was that not like a high energy? Listen, bro, all right. I, I've been watching you doing downloading the like he's he's monitoring Frank like what he's downloading. Like from his house in Atlanta. He's like, I see you're doing my diamond dozen, which is great. I want you to start with that. But then what I want you to do is I want you to come to Atlanta. I want you to train with me. Serious shit, bro. Serious shit, oh, right? And no, I very much
4: like, so. So much that I was in my room, naked, inspired to yes. go ahead and
1: train and more yoga. <laughs> because he knew that Dallas Page was it logged into the account. Yeah, I was worried about that. I'm like, working, man, it's right? been a day. I,
4: I got to make sure he's paying attention yeah. that I'm hitting up the yoga. Yeah, that Dan, I've
2: always wanted to know. So I watched your countdown special where you were going to be a Shaolin monk. And you lived amongst the monks for a little bit. Did you ever think, what if I just became a monk? Like how, does that ever cross your mind?
3: Oh, yeah. My plan was to go back. I was going to go back and stay. Like, not to think about paying bills. To a have a to think monk's about allowed anything. to have women. No. <laughs> then you never do
1: it. <laughs> that's why he's still here.
2: No. Nope. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, that's a good point. That's, good.
2: But but you, that's amazing, though. You, you were going to be a monk. I, I picture you, like, remember Ace Ventura 2 in, uh, like, the <laughs> beginning? When, this is a lovely room of death. Yeah, like it, right? And, like, and, they, and they wanted to get him out of the fucking monastery.
3: <laughs> I somehow picture you as that, like... Yeah. But Dan's I mean, It's crazy. You know what's funny? I had, hair, I had longer hair than you when I got out there. Seriously, that like, was long hair. Yeah. And yeah. They how how long were you me. a monk for? Oh, it was just two months. I was there for two months training. Yeah. But, but honestly, you know, I say two months, it felt like a lifetime because it was, it was five o'clock in the morning training. We did 10, 12 hours a day. You did like ridiculous. monk karate and stuff? All of it. The weapons and everything. But
4: Dan's good at it. When he tells a story you're, like, enveloped. I yeah. mean, when he comes in there and he tells, I mean, he had me for a while, like, now I'm a Raiders fan because this guy wearing <laughs> Raiders hat telling me about the guys, that, what they do back in the 80s and, and everything. And then I, to the point to where, I, like, I went to my wife afterwards, I'm like, hey, I think we need to go to Peru. She's all, you're not yeah, gonna you do... The Peru thing from, and then we had to watch the Netflix video of people doing. It. I'm like, nah. I mean, Dan did it, man. and the way he explained it, I'm ready to go ahead and take a trip.
1: Hey Now, you, do you guys you, know what he's talking about? Dan's ayahuasca odyssey. Does everybody know this story from a few years ago? Okay, so, so I, how, how many years now? Three, or four?
3: I don't know. I've just got back from a second trip. You, oh god. Oh,
1: the okay. First but one was
4: probably three or four years ago, though, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that, yeah
3: that's yeah, what I mean right when right you first did it. 146, right? Honestly, we we did 146 on the Saturday night. I went to see Van Halen on the Sunday night at the MGM Grand. And you were gone Food for store. Peru for two weeks, right? And, yeah, Monday I so I remember after you Peru. had to
4: do the nicotine, um, the, 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 the tobacco, yeah, the tobacco
3: cleanse.
2: cleanse, and then...
3: Yeah, was awful. Does, does
2: your grandma know about this? Oh, yeah, she's all about Dan's it. Dan's grandma follows me on Twitter, right?
3: <laughs> Hang on, no, you're laughing. She probably follows all of you on Twitter.
2: Because <laughs> I tweeted, hey, I'll, he was doing a really... Your first time broadcasting, I go, Dan, you did a great job. I think you're really good at this. And then, uh, then I get damn right he is, that's my grandson, right? Yeah. And Did I was like, who's this troll like, pretending to be
3: Dan Hardy's grandma? I looked at the pictures, it was really your grandma. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. She used to come to all my old events. In fact, I have one memory of her, outside of an ice rink, climbing a fence to cut down a poster that I was on. <laughs> and, and a few weeks later, we've got the poster up on the wall. I mean, I'm talking about a poster, it's a banner. This banner goes all the way down the length of the gym. The promoter walks in and said, Oh, I wonder where that went. (laughs) How do you blame your grandma for that?
1: (laughs) Dan does have, like, the world's most supportive family because... I, I Do you guys know the, the story of, uh, if you listen to the show, you know my dog Mel that was rescued from Michael Vick's fighting ring and all that? Uh, Dan has been very supportive, and uh, he did a fundraiser for the, uh, the sanctuary that rescued uh, Mel, and he went with me to the reunion we did a couple years ago with the, the Vick dogs. Anyway, I was on Twitter one day, and getting into it with, uh, like, Vick fans, and then Vick himself gets looped into these tweets and everything, right? So it's this kind of, you know, uh, trash-talking back and forth you know fuck this guy and all of a sudden i look and dan's dad has jumped into it and he's like he's like at mike vic i'll fight you anytime he is sorry sud you know he's like doing his trash talking man that was awesome so okay so about the ayahuasca though because i remember when you did something i never thought about like you told me you came back and, and the, the the spirit animal and all that kind of stuff but on your twitter profile still is a picture of you over there right okay I was thinking just the other day, I've looked at that profile pic uh, a million times, but for the first time the other day, I was thinking, was someone there lucid enough to take a quality photo? <laughs> or do they have like an official photographer? Is it like the roller coaster at Disneyland, you know, where they sell you the photo when you get off? and Everybody's like, I <laughs> got that look. How did you get this? No,
3: no, I actually, that was the closing ceremony of, of the stay. I was there for two weeks, and at yeah. the end of the ceremony, we sat in the, it, it was called a malakka, it's a ceremonial building. We sit there with the, with the shaman, and he, he does like a tobacco cleanse to, to, to bless us at the end of the at the end of the stay. So that's what that was.
1: And they just find like the most together guy to run the camera?
3: No, I actually had a friend with me who was
1: a oh, professional okay. photographer.
3: It just kind of worked out perfectly.
1: Okay, yeah. I got no, it. Now, yeah.
2: Frank, you've made huge news this week. You've asked the UFC for your release. Have you heard from Dana, Lorenzo? Anybody get contact you? No, I've had about as much
4: conversations with them as I've had since the first time the... Uh, uh, release of me being uh, accused of the metabolite came about. So basically me asking for a release is just kind of to try to push the hand of saying, hey, uh, I need to talk to somebody. Um, you know, most people when they get in trouble at work, uh, their boss is going to have someone sit and speak to them. Um, so far I've only had discussions with underlings. I'm, I'm very much buying to be able to have a conversation with the, uh, the bosses themselves.
2: Now, if if they give you a release, would you be able to fight for Bellator or one of the other organizations? Absolutely. I mean, as soon as I get a release, my uh,
4: suspension is only with the UFC, who Usada has control over. I have no suspension from an athletic commission in the U.S. Um, I could fight overseas, Fedor, that kind of fight. Um, Ooh, all, all those opportunities. Ooh,
2: Ooh. shots fired! Much,
4: very much, um, again, besides the... Um, I've, I've already stated that a silver lining to my whole situation is that I would be able to finally broadcast, be able to do color commentating, which I did up until 2011 with the WEC, that I very much love to do and I keep asking to do again. For whatever reason, uh, you know, uh, Stan and Kenny are always in the rotation, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I keep being told every time I've renewed my contract, yeah, 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 we'll get you in there. And,
1: um, how's your British accent? Maybe John and Dan need a third guy in the booth. Yeah, well, no,
4: no,
2: Dan does a great job. Everyone here tweet, give Frank Meir a uh, a commentating contract and put it Dana White. That's something I really much would love to do. I feel like people do.
4: Yeah, Yeah. it's funny because I'll have fans come up to me and think that I don't do that because I choose not to. I'm like. Not really, I'm kind of like that girl that just doesn't get a date and I get stayed at home. It's not because I don't want to, it's like, no one's asking me. I no, keep... you,
2: you, when you were WEC, you were, I thought you were great. I thought you were perfect, honestly. Like you, it was great, you, you broke down those fights. There was never, a, whenever there's a commentator, sometimes you'll roll your eyes, like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? But that was never, I never had a case with you doing that. Oh, thank real. you. you know, no, I, and I, I very
4: much loved to do that and I, and I took great pride in it and it got me by, by the cage. And um, it's something I very much enjoyed to do, so maybe that's something I can do outside the uh, UFC is finally have the opportunity to color commentate again. On top of that, I've kind of fought through my whole life uh, as a heavyweight, much to my wife's dismay, I don't ever say no to the worst fights out there. They say, hey, do you wanna fight this guy? I'm like, absolutely. My wife's like, hey, didn't they offer you so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, but that guy sucks. Let's fight that killer. And so uh, I fought Noguera, I fought Mirko Krokrop, I fought Brock Lesnar, I fought Alistair Overeem, you name it, JDS, I've always said, yes, let's walk in there and see what I'm made out of, and that's who I'm gonna be. I don't wanna ever sit and cower and pick my fights. And so um, the one guy that I've never fought, and never been able to have the opportunity to fight is Fedor, so if I retire and I fight Fedor, I can say I fought every one of the best heavyweights that ever
2: existed during my era. you got to fight Fedor, and you got to do it in that EFN organization. Bec-
1: with, the, with the guy? With well, the oh, commentator? The, the
2: co- that, that, that they had Borat as the commentator.
1: <laughs> Did you guys watch that stream? That oh. guy was the funniest commentator ever. My, my favorite line is, that was almost fantastic.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm stealing that one. Make a note of that. He one. goes. He should not
2: be proud of himself for that fight. <laughs> he goes. They're gonna announce Fader as the winner, but he really didn't win. I was like, that it was almost like they they go, you, section three forty two. Get over here. Come on down. <laughs> Guy, but the, I, I would love to see your intros. So they had like a flying lady. It was like Cirque
3: du Soleil. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was
2: like car. I it, was yeah. it was unbelievable. How much money do you think they spent on that? They must have spent... I don't
3: know. Not as much
2: as they paid Maldonado.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, that was ridiculous. No, but I
4: mean, honestly, that's not my goal. To... I mean, I've gotten to fight Andre Lasky. I mean, you name it. Regardless of I'm happy with how the outcome worked out. Um, I've been able to go in there and face, and, and you understand that as a yeah. fighter, you want to go out there. There's never you want you never want to have that guy that you
2: missed out on.
4: You but, never but you're an to old school in.
2: fighter because I think that's the you're part of the old school. And Dan's Dan, you were there, but there's a whole new crop of fighters who go. I'm going to fight whoever's going to get me to the title taking the least amount of damage in the safest fights possible. And I've had fighters tell me that, too. And I'm like, hey, that, that's your road to the title. Go right well, ahead. And, not,
4: and that's because nowadays, because there's a financial advantage. I mean... <sighs> My first professional fight, I lost money on. I, I think I made $300. That's what they wrote me, the check. And I had a $500 uh, travel expense, not counting the hotel room. Sounds like comedy. Right. So,
1: <laughs> I, I was going it sounds so like, like the Guys brothel. like Dan and
4: yeah. I, when we first fought, it's because I wanted to fight people. The fact that we made money at it was like, holy shit, I get to do what I love and you're going to pay me? And then when I got to the UFC and they decided to pay me enough money that I can look at my wife and go... So I can go to the gym now and spend my whole day there and you're not going to be, yeah, no problem. So I'm gone. That, to me, was a beautiful proposition. Um, I think nowadays guys look at fighting and they get into it. Some of the younger guys, they've watched the, the tough shows and that's, you know, just, hey, that's the way it is now. They look at it as a business. To me, I always left that up to my manager, to the wife. Like, you can look at the business aspect of it. I want to go out and fight the toughest but guys what do you in look the world. Like a
2: guy like Tyron Woodley, right? Obviously a very tough guy, great athlete. No, great but told me I'm going to do whatever it takes to do the least amount of fights to a title shot, and, and that's and it worked for him. Well, know? I think he's. But cool. that's money. That's not a yeah. fighter,
4: man. That's not Dan. That's not me. I've seen you in the gym. This guy. We're not those guys. That's just not who we are. And maybe the detriment to our bank account. But that's not what makes me sleep at night. You know, like I can't sit there and go, well, I took an easier path, but I'm financially great. It's like I, I battle that because I have kids and I get that and I understand it. But that's not what makes me me. And I know that doesn't make him no. who he is. He's always going to choose the most difficult battles out there. I mean, how many guys go out there with how many losses did we have in the row at the time? Three four. or four? Four. Yeah, yeah. And go out there and still say, screw it. I'm going to battle. I'm going to fight. I don't care if I win or lose. Most human beings, in the face of that kind of adversity, they, they die. My favorite is that
2: he calls out hunters. He's like, uh, fuck Matt Hughes, you, you kill animals? Let's go right now. <laughs> Matt Hughes has been retired for three
3: years at this point, but he's like, fuck it, we're fighting. I'll just wait till he's old. i wait till he's old and then I'll call him out. That was one of my favorite.
2: Now, uh, by the way, tomorrow night, Roy Nelson, uh, Black Beast, who do you have? Oh,
4: Nelson. I think that Roy. Honestly, I mean, Roy is good at a very select skill. I think that he'll stay safe. (laughs) No, I I said good, not great. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I think he'll keep his left hand real high, right? We've both trained with him, Uh, Dan. I cornered um, Roy against you. You did. I, feel, I still feel bad for that. No, come on, man. Don't feel no, too no, bad. I, no. Frank
1: won. <laughs> That's true. That's the true. The fact
4: that you helped him with his wrestling. <laughs> yeah.
3: I was right now. I, right. <laughs> I appreciate oh, it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I heard he asked you for a menu in between rounds. That's true? <laughs> he was like, no,
3: hey, no. No, worse than
4: that. Okay, as bad as Dan felt in that. Um, do you know James, right? Yeah. That was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Oh, no. So I had to look across at you. And, but... A groomsman in my <laughs> wedding was cornering a guy to beat my
2: ass and take money from me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's rough. You know, but but it, you're picking the black beast tomorrow. Uh,
3: I think I think this is the end of Roy Nelson. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I I think I think the octagon collapsed. Didn't you live in, in his house? It, so. No. Oh. I, I I I we did work together for a long while. Yeah. But now, I heard he
2: made a gym in his kitchen. Is that true? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, he just never left his kitchen, so we had to move all the gym stuff in there. <laughs> No, you don't. True, true story, he has a binder in his car with printouts of all the menus of the fast food restaurants in the area. Shut up! <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm not joking. This is when I first moved to Vegas and I thought, something's not right about this guy. I you should don't. have noticed, but something's not... Honestly, so he gets in the car after, after training, he's like, okay, what's for... Because <laughs> he goes, okay, a, a muscle milk's 500 calories, a cheeseburger's 500 calories. It's, it's calories. There's no difference between the two. I'll just, I'll just go with which one tastes better. I have those. heard
4: him talk about this. He's not playing around. One time we were talking and I was like, yeah, man, I have a problem, you know, like eating food, this and that. And he's all, so you're going to drink that protein shake? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get that. He goes, 7-Eleven Slim Jim, 15 grams of protein. I'm all, I don't know, man. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it makes sense, but I want to believe in you, bro.
1: seriously. If anybody wants to believe in it, it's me. You know, speaking of food uh, in this matchup, one of the real I don't know why this always sticks in my mind, but one of the real casualties of the Reebok era was uh, was uh, the Black Beast's old sponsor that he had for his first couple of fights. He just, you know, he had he had no sponsors, but across that giant ass of his, it just said, Mike Seafood and, and I always thought to myself this has to be some place back in Louisiana that you know basically trades him like a couple of you know yeah. uh, surf and turf platters or something to get that, uh, that logo on there but this, I was telling Frank the other night on our phone book fighting podcast that, uh, that visually the, this fight between Roy Nelson and Derek Lewis looks like a misunderstanding between neighbors <laughs> right This is like do you remember do you remember the old Super Brawl
3: in Hawaii? Ensign Inouye, Egan oh, Inouye yeah, used to fight on yeah, so yeah. I used to love this show because they would have top contenders. They would have John Alessio, old school Vegas guy, John Alessio fighting Egan Inouye. and the next fight on the card were two guys that were arguing about a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> it was like honestly, like like this was like this was like the Hawaiian equivalent of like the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. yeah. You know? It was well, like, I, well, you can come and have a professional MMA bout if you're an athlete. But if you don't like your neighbor, you can also settle a dispute. Celebrity
1: boxing? I swear
3: to God, yesterday, I was looking at celebrity
2: boxing, it said Uber versus Lyft driver. That was an actual fight. Now, now,
3: but, but you think Black Beast is really going to end them? How? I, I don't know. I just think I think Roy, is, he's limited himself so much over the years. He's neglected all the, all the things that he could do and relies on that big power punch because... It's the most economical thing that he can do in a fight. He can kind of plod forward and keep pitching that over the top. Whereas if, if he has to try and wrestle someone to the ground and use his ground game, that's a, a massive amount of effort that he has to put in. And, and if he gets Derek Lewis down to the floor and he pops straight back up again, then he's exhausted and now he's got to keep his hands up as that monster's trying to knock him out. Remember on The Ultimate Fighter, he kept getting people in that uh,
2: crucifix?
1: Yeah, uh, but he, so he, he beat Kimbo. He,
2: he like went away from that. It seemed like that was like a... That was, was like one of those moves, like you're playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out or something, and like the, everyone, had, oh, don't fall for the fucking crucifix. <laughs> he, he, like that was a great move for you him. You know,
1: I always want to bring this up to, the, like, at the uh, the expo when you see the Jesus didn't tap people. You know, I always want to say that may be true, but he sure couldn't defend the crucifix.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, tested well in front of this audience. Next time I do a guest set with you. Very true, very true. It's happening on stage. So
2: uh, Edgar Aldo, who do you have in that?
3: Um, It's difficult for me to pick either guy because I'm, I'm a fan of both, and I always learn so much when I watch both guys. Um... I, I think Aldo's a scary, scary motherfucker right now, honestly. I, I think that this is the most motivated Aldo we'll ever see. You know, to, to, be, to be unbeaten in over, you know, over a decade and then to lose in 13 seconds to a guy that you hate more than anybody else you've ever fought in your career is a massive motivating factor. Plus, you've got to think how the, how the gym would have rallied around him because every single one of those guys in that gym also wants to fight Conor McGregor. And I can tell you that from a fact because I was there during his training camp every single one of those guys would fight him, every weight class. Claudia Gadeli would fight Conor McGregor if she got a chance. Yeah. She's got a damn good chance, honestly. I think she's scary. Um, but I, I just think Aldo is going to be the best version we've ever seen of him. And I'm not saying he's got much more than two or three fights left I- in his body, but I think the next two fights we're going to see are going to be his best. Frank?
4: I'm actually pulling for Edgar. Uh, I think Frankie Edgar, honestly, is one of the best fighters in the world, pound for pound. Um, if I had to right now, my kids are interested in MMA whenever they ask how to do something, I put in a Frankie Edgar tape. That's the way to do it. I think that uh, the opposite of a little bit of what Dan thinks, because I wonder, I've seen Frankie Edgar face adversity, get beat, and how he uh, uh, rises to the occasion. He's a warrior. Jose Aldo not negative or positive, I haven't seen how he rises to the occasion because he's slaughtered everybody for many years. That's why going into that Frank, uh, that Conor McGregor fight, I took House, Jose Aldo Jose Alzo as the favor. A guy gets knocked out in 13 seconds, that does something to your psyche. To a guy who's never even been really rocked before, a guy who's just massacred people. I mean, you're not talking about just normal people, but like a a Mendez, a a Faber, just destroying guy after guy. Then when I watched the fight with Edgar and, and Aldo before, honestly, maybe the first round I gave to Aldo, but then after that, Edgar took on. And it looked like, honestly, if any but decision to the judges went in uh, Jose Aldo's favor, it's like, well, one more round, Frankie Edgar definitely wins this fight. And now, we get to start over at round six. And that's what we're gonna see on Saturday. And I see a guy who's even more confident in himself and what his abilities are. And Frankie Edgar, I mean, we just watched him. I mean, who would have thought Chad Mendes gets knocked out that way? Get destroyed. So now you have a guy who has superior wrestling, and if he catches you on the chin, puts you out. I have to go with Frankie Edgar.
3: Mm. Oh, and while we're on the subject of this weight class, I was watching Gray Maynard train at Extreme Couture last night. Uh, how's he look? He looks amazing. That's awesome. He I'm is glad. shredded. He's moving really well. He's working with Jimmy Gifford, so he's forty-five. Awesome. He's going to be okay with. He looks amazing. He, he's he's wow. he's pretty close to his weight right now already. That's Honestly, spectacular. I'm, I'm That's really somebody that I grew up
4: in high school actually wrestling with here in vegas right right so the fact that he's doing well he has kids i was a little worried about him because when people were talking about some of the contact Mm -hmm. you know i mean let's face it that last fight you know he's getting hit with people that normally don't knock people out like that the fact you're saying he's doing well actually makes me feel more confident
3: yeah
4: i didn't want to be one of those guys like everybody else that says hey maybe he should hang it up
3: I would love to see him back in the mix. I certainly think he's got the skills.
4: Well, I mean, that Frankie Edgar Maynard fight, oh, to God. me, is a trilogy. The first fight, maybe not obviously on its own, but second, third fight, has to go down as one we, of the greatest trilogies of all time. We
1: were talking uh, on the show uh, this week uh, that, that to me, that trilogy is like MMA's version of Gotti Ward, you know, like what boxing has uh, with those three. So we're gonna, here's what we're going to do, guys. We, we want to uh, get some questions from you guys. If you guys got questions, you want to ask some questions? Can we, is everybody doing okay? Is everybody having a good time? Okay. Actually, good. you
4: know what? Before we get started, something I've been wanting to ask you. I spoke about it on our show before. Do you remember, I think it was International Fight Week, the second uh, year around, you and I were at the table sitting down in the green room or back room trying to eat And uh, John came in and started describing his squirrel hunting experience. John
3: Jones? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, this was John Jones? It sounds like a euphemism for something else now.
4: No, no. Do do you remember the situation? So I I always tell the story about, as far as when people tell stories of an awkward moment, that probably ranks my most, my highest, most awkward moment. Because here, very good friends with you. I'm good friends with John. And... Two different people, and John decides to tell a story. Uh, well, go ahead. Well, I'll start off and then you could tell your version of it. Um, obviously, Dan, everybody knows his output on poaching and how he feels about that. And not that you're against hunting, if you're going to eat what you kill, not that you do that. Which is why Kim
2: Winslow eats boners, by the way. Right.
4: So, <laughs> knowing this, we're sitting there, and John Jones comes down. And he decides to start telling me a story about his last hunting expedition. So I think he's going to take down a deer, which he's like, yeah, I'm out deer hunting, this and that. And so we're up in the stand and, and hours go by, which if anybody hunts, realizes that possibly could happen. You just, you know, you tried to bring in the deer. You thought you had a good spot. It didn't happen. And so he's like, you know, screw it. I'm going to shoot something. And I'm like, oh, man, this story just took a turn for the worst. Oh, no. (laughs) So he says, I look over, and I see a squirrel. And as he says this, I look over, and there's Dan. I'm like, oh, no. I'm looking at John, and I'm trying to do the... (laughs) And John is not getting any of the signals of me going,
2: yeah, you might want to Usually when you're on Coke, you don't realize what's going on.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So then John describes how he looks over, and he sees a squirrel, and the guy goes, well... If you pull the trigger, you know, the deer hunting is done for the day, but well, we don't see any deer anyways. So John goes, Well, so I say, Screw it. I look over the deer. I aim in. I pull the trigger. I shoot the, the squirrel. And I'm like, Oh, please let us say it just died. It just died. He goes, And then I felt bad because the squirrel grabs its chest, puts one arm up, and then another squirrel (laughs) runs over by it. And I'm like, looking at him, I'm like, "Oh my God, what are you doing right now?" I've like for the last couple of weeks have been telling Dan that you're a good dude. Like, what are you doing? What did you say to him? I'm in the the
3: back switching the piss tests around. What were you thinking? Because I
4: remember I, I'm seeing John say this, and I'm like, doing the please stop, please just sth, muskrat, muskrat, don't shoot it, just hear what I'm saying. And I look over, and Dan is fuming.
3: Yeah, it's just, you, you just, you just, you never, you, you never know how you're going to deal with someone who is, you, I mean, you, you look at him as, as a fighter, same as Matt Hughes, you know, I've always respected him as a fighter, I always learned a lot. But then when you meet someone, you find out that a bit more about them and they're not the person that you hope they would be. It kind of happened and I, a part of me lost respect for John Jones on that day. I mean, you know, and, and Johnny G's here, John Good, and he's like, he's the bloody vegan. He's the hardcore vegan and he kind of puts me to shame and I, I, I eat eggs occasionally and that kind of thing but we, we share similar opinions on things but we differ slightly in other, in other areas. The, the whole hunting thing, if you're going to hunt to, to eat, that's one thing if you're hunting for entertainment and if you, if you shoot, oh, hang on, yeah, no, Johnny G won't even spirky. eat pussy. <laughs> That's
2: how bad I. Uh, <laughs> All right,
1: now this this is where it's great to be my friend, okay? Because I don't. Here you go. No, no, Dan, I, I finish. don't, uh, I I don't drink my friend. No,
2: no, finish the story about, about the, what you
3: were saying about it's okay to hit, eat with your hunt. I've or... been hitting the head a lot. I've already forgotten.
2: Oh, what am okay. are talking
1: <laughs> about? Well, no, I was just going to say this is the part where somebody gets to take my drink? alcohol. No, oh, I you didn't have a test for that because. You look like. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Adam. I've been hyping up MMA roast. You are
2: so funny, man. When I think of you, I think of like like just a fucking rocker who like... Oh my God, you I, um, haven't listened and, at all. No, I do listen. No, I li- look, uh, the guy found Lamar Odom fucking coked out in the Bunny Ranch. He's not that much of a No, same. the guy okay. works at a Bunny
4: Ranch and doesn't do anything. Just this so you- dude works and you name it. You talk about the difference. I mean, we actually had this conversation the other day. We walk into, it was right after I was in the Hall of Fame. So we go to the Hall of Fame. I get inducted. I'm the only UFC fighter, MMA fighter to be inducted into the Nevada Hall of Fame. So, I'm celebrating afterwards. Yeah. We go grab i I'm like, yeah. thank you. So, we... I am not... I will drink on, you know, when the occasions rise, but I don't have beer in the house. If you come to my house...
3: Um, go, yeah, go on.
1: <laughs> oh, I just got... This is our trip to the liquor store. So, so, story. Is, that so what you're telling? is it a fail okay.
3: test? I mean, did, did it taste tainted? No, I think I'm okay, hopefully.
4: We'll see. Well, I'm screwed anyway, so... It
3: tastes like, but, hangar- it so, tastes like kangaroo meat.
4: It isn't like, if you go to my house, yeah, yeah. you're going to find... If you say, hey, you're going to have a beer, I'm like, uh, really? I mean, no, juice, milk. I mean, I have a Diet Coke. I'm, I hid out in the outside fridge because the wife's against Diet Coke, you know? It's bad for you. And so, uh, so to celebrate afterwards, I go home, I want my kids there and stuff. I'm like, oh, we'll run to the liquor store and we go on there. And so I'm thinking I'm going to be funny going, hey, so... Straight edge boy. How many times have you been in a liquor store? He's all my grandfather owned a liquor store and I grew up in one. I'm like, so wait a minute. You grew up in a liquor store, you became in a rock band at 16 years of age. You were a comedian, which you can attest to, probably not the cleanest lifestyle in the world. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Now the Mofo actually works at a brothel. So I'm like, so you pretty much partake or indulge or work or are surrounded with the most darkest sides of humanity <laughs> drugs sex alcohol you name it and you stay straight edge it's crazy right i mean I that know, blows I my know, mind
2: if you don't know guys he's the one who found lamar odom passed out in the brothel and uh, I had wished that saved Lamar. Saved his life. Saved his life. Turned him on his side and made him. You but know, it would have been great if I wa- actually used Other than that, or Lamar Odom would have went
4: down as dead, be with It would have been great if Lamar would have
2: opened his eyes and saw him and be like, oh my God, I, I woke up in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, um, uh, wow. I, I, you know, I, I actually, for to, to, to touch on the MMA, when I did find him, I used a little blue belt jujitsu because he, he's like a 300 pound giant. So well, I had to. explain in- this to Dan? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, no.
1: <laughs> so I. I had him in S mount until the paramedics could get there. Right? So, I mean, he was prime for an arm bar, but I think it's unethical to arm bar the unconscious. So uh, I did. Just- Kept him on his side so he wouldn't uh, aspirate. Uh, First all guy over you himself. ever put you ever put to sleep doing jiu-jitsu.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it don't count when he's already asleep, man. <laughs> we went. This is how naive I am to like the vices of the world. We went to this this liquor made this liquor store run. Frank and I were talking. It's just the two of us because oh, party's awesome. going on at your house, right? Hold
4: oh, on, Dan will probably be just as shocked.
1: Okay, all right. So is this the cooler? Is the cooler. Okay. So
4: I, okay. Everybody yeah. knows that a cooler. Oh, hold on. When you go to uh, you know the. Wine and, uh, you know, what was the the what was the name of the store
1: we went to? Uh, I don't know. You were the regular there. I we walked didn't... in, hey, Frank.
4: <laughs> so anyways, we go there, to go by, I bought the beers, Trappist, the Rochford that I'm a fan of. So we walk over, and obviously, because they've been sitting out, I want to make them cool. So they have most people to go to a, a uh, you know, a BevMo or whatnot, uh, better wine or liquor, you know. Um, they have these coolers where you can stick... The beer in, and the water is circulating around, and it cools the beer down at a rapid pace. And I swear we had to call the manager over because Richard wanted to know when they started these. What
1: the- <laughs> he <laughs> I was
4: no completely like, just sitting there, like it was like I brought a caveman in and showed him a camera. It was just like I was like, look at this thing. This is phenomenal. <laughs> when
1: did they in-? He actually said, when did they invent this? <laughs> and the manager was like. We've had these like 10 years, honey. <laughs> they came out
3: in 1985. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Did not happen to your grandpa's spot, I guess. No, I did. It did. That technology uh, uh, post dated him. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, guys. If you've got questions, Georgian goes from MMA Junkie. You're here. We've got a microphone right here. And uh, we're going to have a, you guys step up to the microphone and George and Goes can find you. If you got a question, get you over to the mic uh, and, and do that. Uh, while we're organizing that, while you're getting uh, your, your questions together, I did tease this on the uh, Phone Boot Fighting podcast the other night. Frank, you know, we get one of the nicest compliments, and if anybody in this room is one of the people that's, that paid it to us, we really appreciate it. You know, we do talk a lot of MMA, but, but Frank and I get in some of these deep late night discussions and stuff like that, and it's always... Nice. It's always nice to hear people say, "I, oh, yeah, I really dig it." Dig it when you uh, when you guys do that. But I said, "Okay, well, you know, we're if we're going to be like the NPR of MMA podcasts. Then we're going to have to bring on our British news correspondent, Dan the Outlaw Hardy, to explain Brexit. So, what can you tell us?"
3: He failed a drug test, and they took him off the card. <laughs> I, 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 I voted Remain. I, I don't I don't know the result of the referendum so far, but yeah. I, as far as
1: I know, he's not fighting still.
2: <laughs> now, are you,
1: okay, are you, is is this going to, is this, are you going to be able to stay there? Right? Wait, you're for it? You wanted to stay. I wanted to stay. Yeah, you're probably the stay, 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 to stay movement, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so is it, is it done? In fact, is that going to happen? Will it affect well, you? Will you have to move? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm you good. You get to stay where I, you are. I have, well, the, I mean, I have the British English, as possible. So.
3: Right? I mean, you're, you're a British citizen. I am, yeah. Well, you know. Do you have Dual citizenship. Dual citizenship? No, I don't, know. That's no.
4: why when you came over, I had to hide the shotgun at your house. That's exactly it.
3: Okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> now <laughs> when it's I making my...
4: sense why you wanted the unregistered gun.
1: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, um, I, I, I think, uh, personally, my opinion was that we, we should have stayed, but yeah. everybody has different life experiences, different perspectives, are influenced by different things. There was a lot of propaganda in the news. I can't even begin to tell you how much propaganda there was. And you're under 60. And I'm, and I'm under 60, yeah. <laughs> There, there was there was a lot of very skewed opinions and a lot of people that clung to one small part of the bigger picture and made it all about that.
4: It was all basically though that was the baby boomers and basically immigration. immigration. I thought it was it's like biggest. an immigration <laughs> scare. Yeah. Too, but yeah. I mean, but, really, yeah. honestly, how much is it going to stop immigration? It's not. I mean, the employee people that are employed right now and people that are in England or in in the in British uh, Britain. They're not kicking them out. They're saying, hey, well, you can stay, but we're going to stop anybody new yeah. from coming over. So what difference did it really make? Besides now, all, every business owner that does business across borders is going to have to pay in an enorbitant amount of taxes. Yeah.
3: That, well, that's it. It's really going to affect everybody in a negative way. I mean, the only way that it's going to affect immigration... In what they would consider a positive way is when the pound crashes and they realize that Which it's it's crashing. It's I mean, we saw Yeah, it. of course. It's
4: a, isn't it the lowest it's been in 35 30 years? years yeah. 30, 30 yeah. years. Lower
1: than yeah.
2: John Dodson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> First up, the guy in the Koreans. I hope your question was not a Brexit question, yeah. sir. Yeah. Uh, in the Korean zombie t shirt. That's a
3: nice t shirt. I never got one of
1: those. Oh, Carry on. Is this yeah. mic hot? Do we, can oh, we just get hot. the. Okay, hang on one second. If we just get the mic uh, over here to the side. Uh, go one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. Not yet?
4: No. no. One, two, one, two.
1: He's working on it. It's okay. We'll get it here in just a second. Hold on, kind sir.
4: Now you feel like a pad holder.
1: <laughs> yeah. Check, check. Not quite yet? Check. Okay. Check. I'll do it. Just, uh, d- say your question. I'll All repeat right. it. Oh, there you go. We got Dan's
0: mic. Okay. All right. This is John from Las Vegas. Hi,
1: John. So uh, my question actually is for Dan Hardy. Um, it looks like you're in fight shape, so I'm wondering if you've been training at all, and uh, any um, any uh, possibility of you getting back in the uh, cage? <laughs>
3: um, <Yeah. laughs> Switchery with the mics. Um, I-, I have been training, yes, not as consistently as I would like to be, because the UFC have me jumping on and off planes all the time. Um, but, yeah, I- I'm working towards it. I've just passed all of my uh, medical results from my previous tests on to another cardiologist to start looking through. So, And I'm wearing this nifty little heart rate monitor, so I'm just keeping a track of my, my exercise so I can pass all that information on. So I'm keen to fight again, you know, especially watching the sport grow as, as, as quickly as it is. I'd like to step back in there and have a couple more. I'm not interested in belts, rankings, and none of that, but I just like-, like Hardy a versus McGregor, England versus <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> How do, you, how do you think you would do it against McGregor? Um, well, it depends what weight class. Really. At 170? One, at, at 145, I, I'm,
4: I'm a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Diaz knocks him out at 170, I mean, well, the only reason why he didn't knock out McGregor at 170 was because McGregor decided to shoot in and it was better to get choked out. If that's the situation, then at 170, McGregor's getting knocked out cold... Carlos Condit
3: style against <laughs> you. Yeah. Know. Well, that was mere sleep against Carlos Condit. But you know, it's it's not mine. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I mean, it'd be a great fight. He's the kind of person that you know, if you are within a couple of weight classes you want to fight him. Hey, if if, if he Ma-
2: McGregor loses to yeah. Nate Diaz again. You know, you versus McGregor, England versus Ireland. Uh, what, what 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 would the ratings be in that? I mean, that would I be That'd be pretty good. I think be be fucking huge, good. right? I animosity? can sell a fight from
3: time to time. Yeah. yeah. No, I have no, I have no real problem with him. But then no, no, again, I mean, just as far
4: as I mean, we're all dumb. Well, there's a few Australians and
3: whatnot. <laughs> oh, but, the England well, Island thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty real rivalry. I mean, some people take it take it seriously, but for the most part, the newer generations are kind of seeing through it now, and it's much more of a. It's much more all, a...
1: all of all of a sudden for like the countdown embedded series. Dan just gets real Protestant. He's like really like. Seriously, heavy Protestant, all of a sudden.
3: I'm going to I'm gonna move to Boston and train with Marcus Davis. Yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, there's a callback. Yeah. Wow. Marcus Davis, still trying to erase the internet of all his gay porn images. Still working on it.
2: Yeah, thanks to him.
1: Who's, uh, who's next?
0: John's actually got a follow up. Okay, follow up. Follow up. It's good journalist. So, follow if, up. if you come back, uh, what weight division? Because I always thought you could fight at 155, possibly.
1: And uh, who would you like to fight?
0: Now, now you no can take way a seat, he makes John.
4: 155. Right. Huh? There's no way. Because this guy is a vegan, yoga, he was one of the most healthy individuals I've ever been around. And he walks around. There's no way you make. There's no <laughs> way.
3: Well, you know, when, when I was competing at Welterweight, I was walking around about 205. Um, I, I got up to 220 a couple of times, but I would look like. Well, but I mean,
4: you forced it. But I mean, for the most part
3: you i was always i was always a fairly big welterweight yeah yeah but, but i mean and you're I'm a healthy guy it isn't now. like
4: you're eating fast food drinking partying i mean you no. you're, you're a very as far as fighters go you're one of the cleanest fighters i've ever met you're a big welterweight it's in, it's not feasible for you to make i mean unless you know something <laughs> i don't know you making lightweight is just not going to happen i mean your shoulders your back i mean you're just not
3: a lightweight yeah well <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I I would like to give it a couple of goes. I've made 160 twice. I've made 160 twice. How did you feel? I I felt great. I won a world title at 160 in in the UK. But to be honest, I did it all wrong at the time. I I, I pushed myself too much. It was all about sitting in the sauna for as long as you could and just kind of drying yourself out. So you think it's feasible that
4: you could make lightweight? Mm. That's incredible. I guess that just goes more of a testament to what I'm saying as you as the cleanest mm. welterweight I've ever met because you're a big welterweight. I mean, even when you fought GSP, you looked... I mean, I remember when you two stared off and you had the contacts in. You were the bigger out of the two, right? Did anybody see that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you're the bigger guy at welterweight, and GSP is known as a bigger welterweight. For you to say you're going to go to lightweight, that's an incredible amount of
3: dedication. I, I think I could do it. Honestly, I do. I, I, my weight this morning was 182. And I never walked around at 182 unless it was fight week. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm walking around at my fight week weight now when I was fighting at 170.
4: That's to your diet and the fact that, yeah. I mean, yoga,
3: which... That's it. That's you're it. You're very yeah.
4: much... Uh, I
3: mean. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife... The reason he's laughing is because my beautiful wife's sitting over there and she's my yoga teacher. That's you're pretty good that. at yoga <laughs> if you're sleeping with a yoga instructor. <laughs> super, super dedicated. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I personally, I think I could do it. I think I could do it. And as far as opponents go... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to fight anybody that's, that's, that's in the rankings that's trying to contend for the belt, because I don't want to, you know... You and Diego are going at it on Twitter. Well, he's always trying to get me a, get a fight out of me. I, I'm, you know, what it, <laughs> what it, I made a comment a, few, a while ago about the fact that when he was on The Ultimate Fighter, ages ago, he was a great fighter. He had good grappling, he had good wrestling, he would take people down, stifle them, choke them out. But, but then when he realized that people cheered louder when he fought faced first... Do you know what I mean? He just kind of embraced that brawler mentality. And I like to see that. I like to see people stand toe to toe and give it everything they've got. But that's not a game plan. That's not the first one you come to. You don't go, okay, opening bell. Ah, Unless you're Dom fry. That's the only guy that gets away with it. Do you know? If, 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 you, if you're a professional athlete, you've got to have you know, A, B, and C game plan. And the first, first game plan is, I'm gonna see how hard I can hit him and see how many punches I can take in the process. It's just not smart. And if we're trying to keep the sport moving forward, he was at the, the ultimate media day today. And I mean, he couldn't keep his eyes together. Was, yeah, you know. at the same
2: time, I totally agree with you. But I think the reason why I could tell other people, other fighters, hey, listen, just get the win. Don't worry about putting on the best shows is because you have guys like Diego Sanchez who are just like, gonna fucking do that. Like, There's always gonna be a good fight when Diego Sanchez is fighting yeah. because of his ridiculous style, which is good for other guys like, let's say, I don't know, uh, 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 Khabib, because yeah. he just wants to win. Mm.
4: So. Well, as somebody who's been in the room with Diego and someone who's been in the room with you, then that is a bad fight for diego <laughs> thank you someone who's going to come forward and get caught with your shots your knees your mobility as a friend of diego sanchez you would say eh, that's not the fight to take you're going to end up on a highlight reel and not the way you
1: want it you know that
4: poster <laughs> where D, you know jordan's dunking on somebody you're going to end up being that guy that got dunked on. <laughs> so let's
1: get our next question. We're going to shift microphones. Everybody hand one microphone to your left because we get a working microphone that way. There we go. All right, and is- do
3: we then all pass all the way back?
0: This is Matt from Australia. Oh, right. And All right. By the way, from Australia. GSP recently said he would even entertain 155. So amazing yeah. what you guys can do with your bodies. And yeah. shout out to Don Fry, who's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. on Sunday.
3: You know, I've just, I've just been hanging out with Don Fry. What a legend. But you yep. can't understand anything he's saying because it's just. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wait,
0: wait, wait. wait till you hear
1: Matt you from we... Australia. I love this quote. Did you see this quote about going to the Hall of Fame? He goes, Came at a good time because my wife left me and my horse died. So if you're blonde, come up give me a hug. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even paraphrasing. He was talking to TJ Dillashaw at the time. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, all right, what's Sorry. up?
0: I uh, don't want to bring
3: up bad memories, but there's been a lot of Hunt talk tonight, and I know that at the time of Hunt vs. Mir, there was a lot of talk of the stoppage being early and before the fact. and uh, There were reports that Frank came out and said that it was okay and that he thought it was justified. I just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth what he thought of the stoppage, what he thought of the fight, and how it all went down.
4: No, I agree with the stoppage. I mean, obviously I'm upset like anybody else. You train that many weeks for a fight. you get caught with a guy, but I mean, I made a mistake the way I changed levels. I exposed the back of my head. He hit me right behind the ear. My equilibrium was completely off. Um, Was I unconscious? No. So that's when people sit there and go, well, you look like you're still in it. I'm all, I was in it. But I saw Mark up here, Mark over there, Mark over here. I was looking at the referee. I didn't know who I was seeing. So was I unconscious? No. Was I able to defend myself? Not really. So I mean, had he jumped in and hit me with a couple shots, could I have maybe regathered myself? Possibly. But for the referee who I'm making eye contact with, why I'm sitting on my ass, I completely understand why he stopped the fight and I'm not upset about it. And I think fighters have to be honest about themselves when they say that, because that way, if there is a fight where I feel is unjust, when I sit there and go, well, hey, this one was screwed up, people will believe me because in this situation, hey, Hunt caught me with a good shot. I made a mistake, he won the fight. I'm not gonna argue against it. If every time you sit there and go, nah, it wasn't worth it, you're not gonna have any credence behind what you're saying. But honestly, I got caught. Dropped down, and by a guy hits hard, he caught me in a good shot. That's heavyweight fighting.
2: What would you do if you had a a rematch against him?
4: I would make sure I didn't duck that way again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even now, when I'm in the gym training, today I was working with my trainer, I make sure that when I duck, I don't turn my shoulders. Um, that works in boxing because they'll call that shot a lot more. It doesn't work in MMA. Um, So that's one of the defenses that I kind of acquired from boxing so many rounds. But uh, that doesn't work for what we do. So now when I'm in the gym training, whenever I slip or roll, I make sure that my eyes are on my opponent. Because if I sit there, I mean, earlier in the fight, you see me throw a jab. He throws a right. I slip. I slip and I'm fading off to the side. You see boxers do that all the time. But in boxing, you're only allowed to hit with your knuckles. Fun fact about boxing. If you hit with the knuckles, you're good. If you hit with any other part of your hand, it's a foul. You can't hit with your forearm. You can't hit with your elbow. Guess what? In MMA, you can hit with any part of your hand that you deem that throws I so if the fingers right so here's a good example if if dan and i are fighting if i throw an overhand right if it's boxing i better hope that the knuckles land In an mma match i can club him and my hand completely be visible across i hate his when body. that
2: happens though because it's like when you get right there
4: there's you know what that shot though i've been practicing because it messes you up because it doesn't drop your consciousness. It isn't like you're asleep. But if Dan and I are sparring, if I know we're sparring with MMA type rules, forget it. I'm gonna hit him with a shiver on the back of the head because I know that, well, I don't have to hit him with a hook and be as direct as in boxing I have to be. Well, if I catch him with any part of my radius, it's gonna hurt him and stun him and throw him off and maybe the right hand lines up but that's the difference between our sports. And there is a difference. Is there a benefit in cross training? Obviously there is. You do a lot of Muay Thai, it's made phenomenal kicks. Boxing, we both love boxing. But is MMA boxing, is it kickboxing? No, it's not. And uh, I guess it's a long about story. I mean, what, what Mart did for his MMA, completely illegal and my fault. I shouldn't have ducked. If you watch the fight, when he throws the overhand right, I see it coming. And I start to duck, and I turn my ear towards him. In boxing, completely acceptable. In MMA, well, obviously it wasn't. I ended up taking the loss.
1: Thanks for the question, man. Yeah, we got one more question there. Next up is Brett from Canada.
0: All right, and okay, Brett? Brett. And if anybody else has a question, might as well get in line right now, Yeah, Brett. Okay, what's your question?
3: All right, so considering what we found out tonight, and we're in Las Vegas, I was wondering
4: what you guys think the Las Vegas odds are on what he popped for.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, we kind of said at the beginning of the show, talking about John Jones, that it's got to be, because it was out of competition, this won't be a recreational drug, by my understanding of the way you saw it works. it's going to happen. No, I mean, everybody understands in competition thing. and out of competition.
4: Right. Out of competition drugs are anything that are performance-enhancing drugs that will assist you on the night of the fight, whether it was healing, training up for the fight, Out of competition, or that's out of competition. In competition means that whether it's eight weeks before the fight or in competition starts six hours before your weigh-in till six hours till after the fight. And those can be marijuana, cocaine, recreational drugs. And obviously, no one's going to argue that those are performance-enhancing drugs. But for the safety of the fighter, besides if your last name's Adias... Most Woo! people, most people can't fight if they're
2: high. Bless you
1: from All right. <laughs> last, uh, last doctor? question. No, no, no. We have to answer the we question.
3: What do you think? We put, what, what we thought? Oh,
2: we the had, odds, Yeah.
1: Oh, what do we think? Okay. Do we want to guess I what know.
3: the? I, I don't know. I mean, I can't help but feel like it's got to be some kind of tainted supplement or something. Well, I yeah. Mean, I mean, come on, it, like after after everything that's happened to know how important this fight is for his legacy, you know? Yeah. It just it it does although he's made mistakes in the past, I just don't see it being something that he's just gonna throw
1: away. I I will just say this. And if it turns out it's like a Yoel Romero supplement kind of thing or whatever, maybe it's 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 that. But if it turns out to be anything he really does have to own up for you know own up to, let me tell you what I don't want to hear from John Jones. Well I'm young. I'm learning you're like thirty. Stop with I'm young. You know that's always the thing. It's like I'm young, I'm learning. I'm no, you're like a dad. You got kids. And, uh, it's well, I mean, on
2: one hand, he did become a huge bodybuilder recently. Like he just looked jacked in the last. Oh yeah, the weeks. powerlifting. So maybe some of his bodybuilder friends gave him something, maybe, or else maybe, maybe it was squirrel. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, maybe it
3: wasn't chalk he was using for his grip. It was what?
4: what I agree with everybody up here. Oh boy.
1: Alright, last question. All right, I, I, let me just say, these three guys don't, don't... I, for one, would like to keep my press credential for UFC 200. Okay.
4: Honestly, though, to answer your question, I think that when it all comes uh, said and done, it's going to be a tainted supplement. He's the kind of guy that doesn't... Honestly, I've hung out with John. If you sit there and start talking about protein drinks and different vitamins, he's looking at you like you're speaking Chinese. Here's a guy, like I said, whose other two brothers in NFL... Genetics and athletic ability, no shortcomings. No. So the fact that if something's in a system, I'm willing to bet it's because someone told them to go down and take some new muscle generator or whatever at the local GNC. But guess what? The USADA doesn't care. There are drugs that right now any of you are legally allowed to buy. And if you walk into that GNC and you buy them, if you're a UFC fighter, you're screwed. You're not allowed to take them and unless you're up on them and your manager's up on them
2: you're done do you still not know what the hell you got popped
3: for
4: i have no idea
2: it's
3: it's crazy crazy. you know i've just done a recent uh ufc fighters summit so they used to do that you remember the old fighters summit used to bring 300 fighters into town and put us up at red rock and you know there'd be all kinds of shoving and yelling and videos going up on youtube and stuff of different fallings out. Usually Matt Mitrone and Tito, if I remember right. I remember that one. Um, yeah, it <laughs> was a strange one. Um, anyway, weird. But, but they've just done one, one recently where they got 35 of the new signings, the, the, the top prospects, the, the people that they think are going to go on and be yeah. the future stars. Um, and it was really fascinating to sit in there in that room with all those fighters. But a big a big part of the talk was the USADA thing, the testing. And they were handing out little pamphlets and booklets and one thing they had was a pen, right? You know, you, you get the cool pens that you flip upside down, and the girls, she's naked. Yeah. It was one yeah, of those yeah. kind of pens. I was like, oh, we're gonna get one of those, one of those stripping pens. Yeah. It had this little roll of paper that came out with uh, like three thousand different things that you can't take. Really? Well, this is the most stressful pen I have ever owned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on,
4: I have one weirder than that. I remember. Hold on. <laughs> in Australia after we weighed in we go to the back they hand us and I still have them in my cupboard because I didn't really need to take it they had these replenishing drinks that had all the amino acids or metabolites that you needed to take to replenish healthily after you've cut a lot of weight so I'm like oh hey shit that's cool so I took 2 or 3 of them I started putting them in my I got like, I'll grab a bunch and at the time, the, one of the USADA representatives goes, hey, by the way, I know we're handing these out, but again, these aren't USADA provided. Oh, you know. come on. No, I swear to God, they told no, us that.
2: No, I believe that... you, but that's what they're giving no, you. No, they text. said,
4: they go, we're handing you these, but if you take them and you pop positive, it's still on you.
2: What the fuck? <laughs> so now I'm
4: looking at them. That's why they're still sitting in my cupboard at home. I'm like,
3: oh, like. What? It's going to be an opportunity to, to use these.
4: Or yeah, I'm like, so I guess I can sell these? That's I like mean, the I don't know. It's
3: mean, <laughs> like the worst CSI show ever.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you could take this drug, and I may or may not be a police officer who's selling you this drug. I'm like, wow, man, that's a really fucked up
2: uh, proposition you just made. So
1: it's All one right, more question, off. then we're going to wrap Randy up. Randy in
0: San Francisco.
2: I love this guy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> He's the coolest. He came a long way from the Goonies.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it seems like um, the, the fighters like the early weigh-ins. It seems like that's the consensus, right? Um, from a fan perspective, though, when you watch the weigh-in show now, I feel like it's lost some of the luster, and it feels like it's a
2: fake weigh-in. And I was just wondering, from your guys' perspective, do you kind of see the same thing? It feels
3: like a big production for just doesn't have that like, umph to it anymore. I, I, actually, I actually feel the same. I, I see both sides to it. I see the fighter's perspective because if you can get on the scales at 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning and be start rehydrating straight away, especially with, without the, the IVs uh, you know, as an option now, I think that's a great thing. But at the same time, as a fan, I like to see guys on the scales. How does he look on the scales? How's his weight cut gone? as you got energy in the, in the stare down. Because that was one thing, I remember fighting Roy Markham in my second UFC fight. Knocked and him out in 20 seconds. Something like that, yeah. And I remember he, he, he'd had a really hard weight cut. He weighed in on the Tuesday before the fight at 195. So he had 25 pounds to cut that week. So I thought to myself, okay, he's going to feel really weak at the weigh-ins, so as soon as I step off the scales, I'm going to go get my forehead right on his, and I'm going to drive him back as far as I can. And you kind of play those psychological tactics if you've had someone, I mean, maybe not heavyweight, because, you know. No, i say, <laughs>
4: this whole weight question, I'm out of it. <laughs>
3: but it's like, there's a game that can be played there, there's a psychological game, that, especially when someone's weakened from weight cutting a little bit. So... I do see both sides of it. It is, a bit, it is a bit of a strange situation to have them get on the scales. And what is even more strange, and I'm, I'm glad they stopped doing this, is having the guy fucking with the scales at the front. Like, no, they weighed in this morning, dude. You don't need to pretend. We're, we're, we're yeah. grown ups here. We know Although, you're not checking he He's going
1: to sell it. You know? <laughs> not, yeah.
2: n- nothing was better, though, when Mayhem Miller weighed in 24 pounds heavier. <laughs> And then took off his shorts as if that was the problem. <laughs> oh, these are
3: 25 pound shorts, definitely. <laughs> well, it also doesn't make sense that they, there's no consistency because some people take all their clothes off yeah. just to put it right back on when we already know what the weight is.
1: I would, you know what I would do? I would walk up naked just with them following me with the towel. You know, I think that'd be a better yeah. show.
3: I, I never understood that. I, I still complain about it now with weights. Now, Have you
2: ever got naked and then look at the Ring Girls, to see if they're checking you out?
3: There were Ringo's His on the stage. Here, <laughs> oh, sorry. Perfect answer. <laughs> all right. The Where the so
1: here, here's what we let's get uh, George and Goes back up here, guys. Come on, back up here. Uh, we we just want to uh, make mention of a couple of things uh, as we wrap up. Now, first of all, uh, you may have noticed these snazzy phone booth fighting T-shirts that Frank and I are wearing. They're making their world debut tonight here at the LA Comedy Club. Not even available on the internet yet, and we will have them for sale out uh, through the doors. Uh, Frank's wife and my girlfriend are going to be out there selling them, so you can stop by, express your condolences to them, and buy a t shirt. (laughs) Uh, and be the first to own one. So uh, they'd like to meet you out there. We'll be out there. We'll take pictures and everything. We're gonna force Dan to take some pictures and he can stick around and all that. Uh, we want it first of all. How about a big hand for the LA Comedy Club for letting us do this? Because seriously, thank you guys very much. I mean, we went way over. We told By the them... way,
2: by the way, Joaquin and Matt. Just yep. to, I don't know if there, Matt's still here. Matt leave. Uh, Joaquin is a huge MMA fan. He's like the biggest. So, like, just give it up for Joaquin because he loves the sport. Yeah,
1: man. Seriously, thank you very much for letting us do this. We really. Did everybody have a good time? Did you enjoy doing this? Second question, should we maybe do this again at some point? Yeah. Would you guys come back out for this? Okay. All right, good. That's what I wanted to hear. But thanks to those guys uh, for sticking around, staying open late, letting us uh, do this and taking care of us. And thank you to the great Adam Hunter from MMA Roasted for sharing his stage with us. Adam is here. Uh, you, this is the part where you can uh, throw out the old cliche, I'm here all week and actually mean it, right? You're right. here all week, yes. right? Shows through tomorrow what, Tomorrow night,
2: guys, tomorrow night I'm here headlining and also... Dean Thomas and Leslie Smith are doing stand-up comedy. Wow! On the stage, yes. So they're doing five minutes. It'll be Leslie longer than Leslie's Fight Against Cyborg. Uh, uh oh! Come on! I'm kidding!
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding! I'm
2: kidding! I'm kidding! She would fuck me up in ten seconds. But yeah, they're, they're doing stand-up comedy on the stage tomorrow night. To so support them, they're they're amazing people. So they'll be here tomorrow night, opening for me. Wow. And uh, and Frank Meir says he's doing comedy. Uh, who here wants to see Frank do comedy?
1: Yeah.
4: Still a little work on it.
1: Yeah I'm but I'm, uh, Frank and I are we're, I'm, I'm trying to help him punch up his material just a little bit, but this you're going to see the him two do of it.
4: you though I'd feel very comfortable going out there if you <laughs> yeah
1: uh, you, enjoy you, you, Yeah <laughs> laugh or else. We're good. <laughs> I don't see you laughing. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, you can check out Adam's podcast MMA Roasted. Let's tell everybody if they're not already subscribed. I think there was just the one lady not subscribing. How does she find it?
2: Uh, MMA Roasted on iTunes, SoundCloud, or in my in my pants. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, uh, in my pants. Uh, thank you very much. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm engaged. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm fuck. Married You're married <laughs> to who? Oh fuck, Dennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be here, guys. I'll he like you. Uh, Awesome. Oh, hey, I'll be here tomorrow night, Friday night. I got two. I'm getting drunk because this fucker kept buying me shots. Uh, <laughs> Friday night, Saturday night. And, uh, and Sunday, 8 o'clock. Sunday. Dan's coming
3: to show Sunday, I am right? coming on Sunday. I'll be here on Sunday. Fuck <laughs> right. yeah. Hell
1: you yeah. can uh, get the Phone Booth Fighting podcast in iTunes as well on Stitcher Radio. Two episodes now every week, Tuesdays and Fridays. And I tell you what, I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to upload this week. This guy is out of... C- he is a podcaster gone wild. <laughs> I like I thought it was going to be, okay, come on, Frank, yeah, we're going to do two a week. And he's calling me up like, well, don't you think we really should do one on Thursday as well? Because by the time we do t- Thursday... Other uh, stuff would be outdated, so we're gonna do a bunch of stuff uh, for you guys this week. But uh, also, that's uh, how you get the also podcast. Also,
2: the OGs of radio, fucking goes and George. Right.
1: And that's I wanna, I wanna, I wanna check in with these guys for a second. First of all, a big hand for George and goes from MMA Junkie for coming out, hosting this thing for us. They provided radio support for us. They had Frank and I on to co-host the show. Really helped us promote this, and I know we got a lot of junkies out there. But but I have said this to these guys uh, privately so many times, and I don't want to say it publicly where everybody's listening. I have so much respect for what these guys do because they really are the true definition of like DIY radio. They started in their house. And uh, uh, and grew it into what it is now. They have this this prime. I mean, most of you have probably been there. This unbelievable location over at Mandalay Bay where they do it, and that MMA junkie gathering is mind blowing <laughs> when you see that happen every year. So, just so much respect for you guys, and just thanks both to you guys for sharing a little bit of that with us, you know, having the, kind of the blessing from you guys is uh, being something worth listening they are to is helpful. They're the best homeless
2: radio hosts that I've ever fucking <laughs>
1: seen
0: in my entire life.
1: Oh, thank you, man,
0: thank you, yes, yes, ooh, you're
1: a little light, that's okay, I'll catch up with that later. Hey, thanks and, for including us, seriously, no, this absolutely. was a lot of
0: fun, you guys knocked it out of the park, and Adam, uh, your show is amazing, so oh, anytime thanks, you're man. in town... I, I love you. Man. On us you're you're a you're it, good man. dude,
2: and honestly, every time you come, you bring a different chick, and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs>
1: We appreciate you guys doing it, and uh, Dan Hardy. I he broke news. I didn't know he was starting a podcast. Now this is bad news for you and me in the iTunes rankings because you know what's going to happen once he, the, he and John debut. But anyway, go ahead and tell us when when can we expect to hear this? What do you when are you guys get well? The doing first this? one's
3: out, right, John? The first one the first one is up. It's a it's a podcast with no name right now. Yeah.
1: Oh, you haven't named it. So so there's an episode somewhere that exists. Yeah, but we, the key is where. to find it because it's not named.
3: SoundCloud. It's in SoundCloud. I don't know what that is.
1: Oh my gosh! Is that
3: is that that that, that thing in in space that's got all the information trapped in it? Is that? No, yeah. that's your iCloud. Oh. It's
1: called. Yeah. If you can hack into Dan's iCloud, apparently the episode is there, so you can listen to it. I will right, we'll figure all that out. We'll we'll tweet out all the particulars and post it up. But Dan, thank you very much for uh, doing this. Was you guys enjoy hearing Dan Hardy? do this. Right, thank you. I thought it was fantastic. Hey, we got to thank uh, all the folks that, that came right out now? John Good we mentioned. Oh, by the, the way guys, mentioned.
2: anything right now at the bar is $5. Okay. All right. Party so, doesn't have to end now. So if you want a drink or that guy will blow you for $5. I,
1: <laughs> great, the chick went came over. That's weird. All right, so
2: so, so five dollars for anything you wanted to drink right now.
1: All right, I know we had we had fighters come out. So thanks you guys uh, for doing. I think Angelo Reyes is here somewhere. He came out. Yeah, thank. Is, is he here still? Angelo, are you here? Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Something happened with Angel on the way. We'll figure that out. Okay. Anyway, thank you guys very much. We're going to be right outside these doors hanging out, talking. Please come say hi, get a picture, whatever. T-shirts available out there. And give yourselves a big round of applause for being our first ever live stage audience. Thank you guys very much for coming. We'll see you outside. Thank you.